welcome to the Sleep and Health Podcast, Ireland's first dedicated sleep podcast. I'm your host, Tom Coleman, health scientist and sleep coach. The goal of this podcast is to empower you to get a better night's sleep, as well as taking a comprehensive look at trends and topics in well-being that impact your sleep. Over the coming months, I will unravel the mysteries of sleep, sharing expert insights, practical tips, and inspiring you to unlock the secrets to a restful night's sleep and better health. You're all very welcome along to episode two of the Sleep and Health Podcast. In this episode, I will delve deeply into stress and how that impacts your sleep, your health and your life. One of the key messages I give to people is the very same systems that control stress control sleep. So it's impossible to be leading a really stressful life and getting really good quality sleep at the same time time. So this is a topic I'm passionate about. This is a topic that I have learned so much about over the past 10 years. So that's why I really wanted to delve in early in the series and look at the biggest disruptor of sleep and one that so many of you have trouble with or maybe even have trouble recognizing the scale of how damaging stress can be to your sleep and indeed to your life. The biggest issue I've seen in the past 10 years in working with people in improving their sleep is their inability to recognize and manage psychological stress. So let's look at that. I mean, as humans, we have this ability to look into the future and predict danger. Now, From an evolutionary point of view, that has served us very well. That's why humans are so successful, right? Because we can predict danger. But we've become overrun with different forms of stress in our society. So in this episode, I want to talk about what is the stress response and how that impacts sleep. And also how you can retrain those systems and manage stress much more effectively. People come to me all the time with sleep issues, but actually in most cases, there's very little or nothing wrong with their sleep. What they have is they have lifestyle choice issues, they have boundary issues, they have unmanaged stress. Usually, their sleep will come right immediately after getting that stress under control and setting some boundaries. So typical clients for me, that would be maybe a parent, uh, there may be children, maybe a couple of children, they work a full-time job, the person is juggling their career, their kids, their family, their social life, um, and they're trying to make healthy choices. They're trying to be healthy and they just can't switch off. A racing mind at night is typical or waking up at 3 or 4 a.m. or waking up too early. And then during the day, they feel lethargic, especially after lunch. They have no energy for exercise and they're ridden with guilt. 
because they don't feel like they're doing anything to their full capacity or full potential in their life. And then what happens? They reach for coffee or high sugar foods to get them through the day. Now, their perception of the problem is that they can't sleep. They can't stay asleep and they can't, they're waking up too early. Does that sound familiar to you? Are you always busy? No time. No time to get everything done, what I should have got done. Do you feel like you're behind? Do you feel like you're always playing catch up? And that conveyor belt of demands keeps coming at you. You have no energy and your presence for your for your children, for your work colleagues, for your friends, you don't have that sense of being present because the mind is all over the place. This is the episode for you. So let's be clear about the first thing. What is the problem? Because the nature of the problem will inform the solution. The problem is an overstimulated nervous system. We perceive our world through our nervous system. We've been told that we've got five senses. Sight, sound, touch, taste and smell. And all of those really relate to, to sleep as well, right? We have two more. One of them is called the vestibular system. And that senses movement and balance, right? Really important to keep us safe, keep us from falling over. And then we have something called proprioception. And that's the perception of our own body and the forces within that. So all of these senses, that's our nervous system. Now, the nervous system is divided up into two different systems that essentially kind of wrestle for control of your state. You could you could think about them as one being the accelerator and one being a brake. So the the nervous system is divided into the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. And even though they have opposing roles, they kind of work together. You could think of it like a seesaw. When one system is switched on, the other system is switched off. Now they can be nicely in the middle, and I hope you're nicely in the middle now. I hope you're calm and alert. But what we can't be is, we can't be very stressed out and very relaxed at the same time, right? So let's talk about the sympathetic system, and that's in control of the stress and the stress response. Now, what's the function of stress? The function of stress is to bring our attention to something important. And that could be a loud bang. That could be uh, a dog running towards us. Okay. So how it works is that we receive stimuli. Uh, you know, the barking dog, maybe a noise at night while we're asleep. Maybe somebody shouting. It could be the smell of gas. It could be, you know, obvious physical examples. Everyday examples for our stressed out person could be, you're stuck in traffic and you have to get to school on time or you have to get to that business meeting on time. It could be your partner not texting you back after three hours. What's going on? Or even an email from your boss. Now, some of those threats are physical, like the dog, and others are psychological or mental, like an email from your boss, maybe, right? So we receive the input. And here's the thing, stress is a reaction to something, okay? 
So these electrical signals are sent to a part of your brain that's in charge of threat detection, the amygdala. And then that sends a distress signal to the hypothalamus. And that then floods your body with chemicals to run away from the danger. And that could be the dog, could be somebody following you late at night, or it could be getting a report printed and the printer isn't working. So the chemical response is known as the stress response. Now, once the body is flooded with those powerful chemicals like cortisol and adrenaline, we get sudden physical changes that prepare us for fight or flight. Like your heart rate going up, your blood pressure. But once the danger has passed, once we've put out the fire, once we've dealt with the issue, we stop producing the chemicals and we return to a state of balance or relaxation. Okay, But this takes time. We kind of have to come down the steps gradually. It's not immediate. Okay, Now, while we're in the stressed out state, our digestion is put to one side and blood is instead pumped to the muscles. Our drive for uh, sex or sexual desire is put to one side because reproduction is not a priority when you're running away from something. Even our vision changes from landscape uh, to extremely focused. And that's to help you identify where the danger is coming from. So this is the stress response. Now, some interesting observations here. We need this, okay? We need this type of stress to get things done, to move when we have to, to solve problems and to deal with threats. Acute or short-term stress is considered to enhance your immune system, but chronic long-term stress will cause issues to immunity. We're not designed to spend a long time in this state and it's damaging to health. So using a prehistoric example, imagine picking blackberries deep in the briars, right? And a bull charges you. You'd obviously tear through the briars to get away. You would have the energy, right? But imagine if he was still chasing you two hours later. What would happen? Likelihood is you wouldn't survive. So short term, fine. It's designed to get you out of danger, but long term, simply not sustainable. So are you spending too much time in that stress response? Are you spending too much time in that sympathetic response? Here are some symptoms that might indicate that you are. Okay, Maybe you have heart rhythm issues, constipation, sexual dysfunction, digestive issues, immune issues. All of these could point to an overstimulated stress response that you're spending far too much time. And certainly sleep comes into that. Sleep is the barometer to see how well you're dealing with that. So how does this stress response impact your sleep? Okay. I mean, imagine that you are being chased by an animal, we'd say again, a bear or a bull, and you're hiding. Would you sleep? Well, you wouldn't, clearly, because there's an immense danger there. So that stress won't allow you to sleep. Imagine if you're waiting for your partner to come back from a hunting expedition. Would you sleep? No, you probably wouldn't. Again, you're kind of waiting. So um, as long as the threat is present, it's unsafe to sleep. After the immediate danger has gone, those chemicals do take 
I would say hours to be eliminated. The agitation can last psychologically. It's difficult for us maybe to process, okay? Those threats can come in so many modern forms and those are things like emails, relationships, bills, mortgage repayments, you know, friction at work, all of these things. But here's the thing, it doesn't have to be one big huge bear attack. It doesn't have to be a big thing. All of the smaller things can stack up and slowly and gradually you're creeping up on that stress ladder all of the time. And by the time you reach bed, many of you are highly stressed. You've survived the day, but you're actually highly aroused in in a negative way. So what have we established? One, stress has an important protective function that allows us to get difficult tasks done. Two, it promotes activity and after the initial threat has gone, it takes time for us to come down. Now we look at the opposing system that helps relax the rest and digest the parasympathetic response. So as activity de-escalates in the sympathetic stressed out state, the parasympathetic system takes over, rest and digest. And we also have an inbuilt protective mechanism and it's called the calm response. It's the fastest way to reduce stress. And I will come back to that later. It's not just humans that have this. Animals actually have this inbuilt in their bodies as well. So what type of activities will help activate that rest and digest response? Well, eating, deep breathing, mild exercise, yoga, meditation, a massage, a hot bath, cuddling a person or a pet, gratitude, nature, social activity, and connection. Doesn't that sound fantastic? Doesn't that sound really good? I mean, how many of those things are you making sure you're including in your daily life? I mean, we've found so many different ways to stress ourselves, haven't we? Between technology and work and everything else and all of the demands and expectations. So in my experience, most people, especially those with sleep issues that come to me, they arrive in bed exhausted absolutely wired and tired did i get everything done today did i take out the bins what day is today i have to email her oh my god i forgot to take that chicken out of the freezer all of those things completely stressed they haven't de-escalated and what happens then they reach for the phone and they scroll on social media and eventually they do fall asleep from exhaustion but guess what those people wake up at 3 or 4 a.m so What you need to do is ensure that you're including more of these parasympathetic activities into your day. I mean, throughout the day is good. I would say in the evening is where we're designed to be in that rest and digest state. The chemicals are more prevalent in the evening. So serotonin is higher in the evening. So instead of checking the emails and working and and being online scrolling or planning tomorrow, Think about the walk. Think about our, our stressed out friend from earlier. So trying to juggle the work demands, the children and everything else. Go for a walk. Maybe have some food. Maybe have a bath. Do some stretching. Do some yoga. Do some breath work. Sit down with your partner on the couch and connect with them. Unwind 
the mind. That would be much better. We need to be able to switch between these two systems. They both wrestle for control, but the way I see it, the issues I see in modern living, the sympathetic stressed out state is very, very prevalent. And here's the here's the problem. One aspect of the problem. I mentioned, you know, being chased earlier. That's a physical stressor. The other examples of physical stressors are things like hunger. So do you get hangry? I mean, you get stressed out when you're when you're hungry. Cold water therapy, that could be another uh, physical stressor. But we have become experts at psychological stress. So the world we find ourselves in has taken away nearly all of the physical stressors and instead replaced it with the psychological stress. So imagine if you were to get up in the morning and you had to hunt for your food and you had to fix your shelter, you had to find berries, you had to chase a chicken for your lunch. You'd be much fitter and I'd say happier as well. You'd be much more in the present, wouldn't you? I would say you would be healthier and I would say that you would live longer as well. What does the science say about this? Well, the science says that the fitter we are, the more time we spend in that parasympathetic state. So I have a couple of studies here. Again, I will reference them in the show notes. This one is from Goldsmith et al. Comparison of 24-hour parasympathetic activity in endurance-trained and untrained young men. Parasympathetic activity is substantially greater in trained than untrained men, and the effect is present during both the waking and sleeping hours. And the data suggests that exercise training may increase parasympathetic activity. So although exercise, short-term, acute exercise, will put you into that stress state, it's positive stress, and then you will return to a lower baseline and you will be spending much more time in rest and digest if you exercise. So that's one study. I have other research here which looks at longevity and the connection between uh, spending more time in parasympathetic. So ultra centarians, so people who live over 100 years of age, have significantly higher parasympathetic activity. And that may be the neuroautonomic feature that helps to protect ultracentarians against cardiovascular disease. It makes sense. Those people who are spending so much more time in a relaxed state and less time stressing out are healthier and they're living longer. And the data and the science backs that up. The question is to you, are you ensuring that you're putting those activities into your daily life. So what have we learned so far? We now see that too much unmanaged stress is not good for our health and how it interferes with our sleep. We know our modern way of living and working combined with technology is fertile ground for stress. So the question is, how can we create more of a buffer for stress? How can we spend more time in rest and digest? Here are five pathways to a less stressful life. One, physical activity. 
don't tell me you have no time if you can look at social media if you have a phone you can find high intensity interval trainings you can do at home with no equipment you can find workouts online you've never had more access to resources when it comes to exercise if all that fails you can simply put your runners on and head outside for a walk okay we can be more active number two breath work so i mentioned the calm response earlier and that is your respiration your respiratory system is connected to your nervous system so it's a two-way communication so when you do deep breath work extending the exhale that signals to your brain to go into parasympathetic rest and digest isn't that just incredible so i would encourage you to take five minutes maybe twice a day and you can do this at lunchtime you can do this in in the bathroom at work and just do some breath work just do some deep uh, inhales and long slow exhales and you will be a much calmer person and it will really really help you number three boundaries set an alarm to get off your emails to get off work to get off your phone and i look i have a full episode on technology coming up it will frighten you and inspire you i am sure number four rituals so once 6 p.m comes we're designed to start to relax and rest and digest so have some kind of ritual leading up to sleep as well really important it could be a cup of herbal tea your eye mask have a wind down do a conscious relaxation have that ritual for you number five connections and relationships did you know the fastest way to bring someone back from burnout now this is scientifically proven the fastest way is through connection is through sitting down with people you like and laughing that is incredible so all of those five activities are activating the opposite to stress i would encourage you to include more of them you know look at our friend from earlier take a 15 minute walk at lunchtime get off the coffee draw a line under work at 6 p.m learn how to delegate do some breath work five ten minutes twice a day train the mind to unwind the sleep will flow back into your life remember from earlier it's the lifestyle issues it's the things we put in the way of our sleep it's the over stimulation of that system once you push those things out of the way you will become more productive at work you will be a happier person to be around in the home your relationships will improve and you will feel like you've more time and you've more energy so please put it into action and those currencies of time energy and presence will return in your life so that's about it for this episode of the sleep and health podcast i hope you enjoyed it so in the next episode i will look at why sleep is so important important for your health for your brain and for your body and we'll find out what's actually happening while you sleep and while you dream as well so i know you'll find that really interesting and useful 
So again, wishing you uh, a really happy, healthy day and a good night's sleep. I'd like to take a moment to express my gratitude to you, the listeners. I'd love to hear from you, so please drop me a message on my Instagram account, tomcoleman.ie. Share your thoughts, like, subscribe, download, and even share your recommendations for future episodes. You matter. Your sleep matters. And I'll be here to guide you to many nights of deep, restful, consistent sleep.